Hello, and welcome to Memory Lame, where your favorite songwriters share their greatest shame. I'm here today with Gabriel Birnbaum. How are you? Doing pretty well. How are you? Doing great. Gabriel is in a great band called Wilder Maker, mm-hmm. does solo stuff, writes music, but before he wrote the music that he currently plays on stage for all of you, he wrote some bad songs. It's true. Uh, which we are going to listen to today. So when did you first start writing music? Uh, I first started writing music, I believe, in 2006. And I started writing and recording music at the same exact time, unfortunately for me, in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So nothing got lost. Everything is here. And actually, I'm not, I didn't pick it because it's not the most embarrassing, but I I literally have the first song I ever wrote with lyrics. Yeah. It's, It's somewhat embarrassing, but the one I picked from that first record is worse (laughs) i feel like that's kind of impressive i feel like most people started writing stuff and their like very first songs are sort of lost to time because they never recorded them right i well i'm a saxophone player first Mm. and so i was already a fairly serious musician before i ever wrote a song with words i was a free jazz guy so i did a lot of that and i composed a lot of music that didn't have words and i've always thought that I got off easy because the music I loved when I was at my absolute peak of angst did not have lyrics. Uh, So no one will ever know what those lyrics would have been. (laughs) They would have been really bad. These are also bad, but I think it is probably not as bad as when I was 17 or whatever. That's great. Yeah. You got off lucky. I think I did. Yeah. So when I went to college, I started getting more into music with lyrics and decided I wanted to write songs and uh, had a laptop and, uh, was able to record them. So mm. I spent a lot of time. I was very lonely at college. I spent a lot of time just like sitting alone in a practice room yeah. and multi-tracking things into my built-in laptop microphone, which is how all of this was recorded. Wonderful. <laughs> very excited for that. Oh, yeah. Incredible uh, fidelity, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, so you were just writing stuff alone. Did you join a band at some point during college? Um, were you performing the stuff or just recording it? I, I was just recording it. I think think i did perform a little bit of it i have some memories of playing one of these songs at a house show with my friend there was this house in boston called the white house where uh, a lot of there were tons of shows there and a lot of songwriter musicians or people just doing weird stuff would get together and play there a lot of musicians i still know actually i encountered there like um anna from quilt as someone i think i played at her first ever show at the white house (laughs) and i think i played some of these songs there and similar like acoustic house show things uh i also had some friends who were like you know i was kind of a nerd and mm-hmm. i had some cooler friends who were like in rock bands <laughs> and i remember during college i would go there's a period where i would go once a week to this practice space with my friends noah and i think dan was the other dude's name i don't know him really anymore but noah's still a friend of mine mm-hmm. and we would play a mixture of my songs and noah's songs and dan's songs and we would all trade off on instruments and it was like one of the best experiences of college it was really fun but mostly this was like a recording project i would put the songs on myspace and wait to see if anyone said anything <laughs> <laughs> and did anybody say anything i had a, i had some friends who were encouraging they were very uh, the things i'm gonna play are not the most experimental but they were mm-hmm. very exploratory and there's some of them that are crazy sounding and i also did this thing for a few months where i 
would record a minute of audio a day every day like multi-tracking and then i would start from where i left off the next day so i would make a record in a month wow so there's three of those one of the third time i didn't make it all the way through the month because it's a lot of work right but um those are pretty fun and there's actually some really cool it's such a mixed bag because i had to move so fast right yeah uh, and I'm not going to play any of that stuff today because it's not that it's not as embarrassing. Right. But um, yeah, so there were there were people who thought that it was neat, and there was also there were also friends of mine. One of my friends in particular called it acoustic bullshit to my face. <laughs> to your face? He's a tough wow. dude. Wow. <laughs> he's yeah, still, he's still my friend. He's still my friend. <laughs> that's good. And you know, you need those kind of friends that yeah. are going to like tell it like it is. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't wrong. You'll hear it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, I was like, I went from playing inscrutable, complicated free jazz to playing like very emotional singer songwriter music that was not particularly well executed. So it's understandable. I went from being very, very competent at something that I was doing that was very difficult for other people to really even judge to being bad at something that i was doing that everyone feels totally comfortable judging yeah so it was a it was a tough transition yeah <laughs> yeah that that is let's listen to the f- first track then you so want to tell us a little bit about it i remember that i recorded this in a practice space at boston college mm-hmm. which is where i went to college uh, my favorite thing about this record is that for some reason i wrote the title of the record in french on the artwork even uh-huh. though there's nothing french about it it's i just, just don't art it's so, so arty <laughs> it's so artistic <laughs> Before you even hear anything, you know. Yes. This project was called Boy Without God, which I got a ton of shit for from everyone. <laughs> but the reason it and it sounds totally humorless and awful. But the reason it was called that was this very funny thing happened to me at Boston College, which is a, a Jesuit school. But I was an atheist mm-hmm. and this woman needed directions. and She was not a native English speaker and she had me direct her to this. I forgot a dining hall or some, something across the... She was some adult European woman that I have no idea why she was there. And as we were walking, she asked me if this building was a church. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, you don't believe in God? And I was like, no. And she thought it was so funny that I went to a Catholic school and didn't believe in God. And then when we parted ways, she called... She was like late to her meeting. So she was like running across the cobblestones and she called back like, thank you. Thank you, boy without God. And it was so funny. (laughs) That is really funny. I know. So it's not as bad. It's not a good band name. It's a terrible band name. But it came from a good place. Yes. Anyway, this song is very boring. uh, And I wrote it wildly out of my vocal range, which I seem to do constantly at this time. Great. Because I had no concept of vocal range. (laughs) Uh, so I'm like straining my voice terribly the whole time trying to sing it. And then it ends with this unbelievably pretentious thing, which I'll, I guess I'll narrate when it comes. Perfect. Can't wait. Great. Here we go. The air outside is cool, unwarmed, and hell's alive. It stands and it salutes all at once. You just what to do. You can say every <laughs> hard spoken name all down to blue. Slowly, so slowly 
voice is just completely giving out, and I yeah. never would have occurred to me to just not sing it yeah. in that octave. Right. Oh, That's the nice oh. thing about writing music is you can put those. You can put you it can in just whatever move key them all around. Yeah. <laughs> Total freedom. You can do any notes. I definitely knew how to do that at this point. <laughs> no excuse for this. Also, I was yes, definitely really obsessed with Joanna Newsom's. There's a lot of like oh. very awkward internal rhyme that I thought was really cool. Yeah, I can I can yeah. hear this. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing about this part's fine i have no objection here yeah it's nice it's fine uh when i sing from this in this era i like i'm so far behind the time all the time and i don't really know why <laughs> It's so infuriating when I listen to it now. That's really fun. That's a strange, like, thing to be happening in all the songs. I know. I'm just, it's so draggy. I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) I also like to do a lot of, like, calling and vocals, which is, you know, not great. really didn't know how to sing at all not that i really do now but i have a much better sense of where my voice sounds good right that's so important to get to i feel like i feel like i remember sort of a moment when that switched for me too where it's like oh yeah like this is the range in which my voice sounds nice and like i don't have to like push it (laughs) right or like if i want to push it for a specific effect that's cool but like i don't need to just constantly sing out of my range right Shut up. <laughs> There's also a lot of like very uh, like wannabe anthemic moments where it's like a lot of repetition and things yes. getting denser and denser, but it just sounds it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think just all the music I listen to, like a lot of like songwriter music in the mid 2000s is just like men with very sort of wispy high voices which i just assumed that i had and right. i i don't as you can hear <laughs> more said this is the worst part oh my god so bad and the worst the worst thing about it is is that it's from the jd salinger book <laughs> of course it is of course it, would it have is to be. so on brand <laughs> So on brand. Oh, that was great. I know. That's, I feel so embarrassed. That's the most embarrassing thing I think that happens in any of these songs. Well, then it happened. Which is you why got I chose it. it. Yeah. I did this for you. Thank you so much. I almost didn't pick that song because that is so mortifying to me. I appreciate it. And all the listeners will appreciate it as well. So okay. thank you. Yeah. It just tells you really tells you who I was. Yeah. <laughs> also, this girl I was in love with, I think, had told me to read that book. And she was not in love with me. And I was very fixated on the uh, book, partly yeah. in relation to that. That's the thing. So many of those. Mm-hmm. Where are they all now? 
<laughs> okay, are we, right. moving, are we moving right into the next song? We can song? move right into the next one. Okay. Is this from around the same time period? Yeah, this is all like the very earliest. Uh, cool. Basically. I think I think this one is more embarrassing. What's it called? It's called Silent Hearts. It's it's not the most interesting song. It's very sad boy. Mm-hmm. It's a classic theme of this era of my right. life, which is something I've very consciously moved away from in addition to growing up mm-hmm. away from. Uh, yeah, I was like really into Leonard Cohen. It's all everything that you would expect. It just right. it text it ticks all the boxes. And uh, I wasn't Leonard Cohen. And I also, you know, Leonard Cohen didn't become Leonard Cohen until he was in his mid-30s. Right. It takes a while. <laughs> did not do it at the age of 19. No. So it's just like kind of... The thing is, I think because I'm I'm fairly smart, so I was able to execute in a certain way. It's, it's almost worse music because I was able to do a better job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I could write sort of like poetic stuff with a lot of interesting words and it's it's so much more awful to listen to because of that if it was just like simple it would have been fine right anyway the song is bad here we go great every girl i've ever known across the bedroom floor sweet dreams over soft shoulders from and closing doors Sad smiles Kept me Up for a while Pacing The melody of this song my downcast eyes It's pleasant And my silent heart's racing There's a panic built into my bones Sealed in by falling rocks Every time a building dies, my heart ticks like a clock. Don't go, you're so pretty. That one's real bad. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing about this era of my songs is that there'll be like a kind of cool lyric, and then immediately afterwards, just the worst shit imaginable. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, look at me. I figured out how to do a hammer on. Amazing. Oh, oh. wow. Ooh. Did not remember this. 
I could never leave well enough alone. No, no. Can't end it at the natural end. What even is that? Uh, I bet it's like one of those electric cord organs that you plug into the wall. That's what it sounds like through the world's worst digital reverb. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I recorded all of this in Audacity, which is that like freeware recording yeah. software. Yeah. And I think they had some built-in effects, which I think is what I'm using in all of this. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, Burnbaum, wrap it up. <laughs> Okay, that, that song actually, I thought that song was a lot worse, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't that bad. It was okay. I appreciate hearing, like, I've had other people, too, be like, oh, like, I was really into, like, this artist at that yeah. time. And when you can, really, like, really hear it. Yeah. Like, when you're in that point of songwriting where you're just, like, trying to imitate, like, a mm-hmm. specific person. Totally. I don't know. It's so interesting to me, like, to hear, yeah. like, okay, now I'm going to make, like, a Leonard Cohen song. Totally. There's several Leonard Cohen songs, mm-hmm. one of which has a lyric about a Leonard Cohen song. <laughs> of course of course. course i definitely made some evanescence songs Ooh. in my past <laughs> yes all right i also think that that sounds like i sound like i'm trying to sound like the magnetic fields mm. guy stephen merritt in yeah. that song uh but it sounds like i also slightly figured out that i could sing lower i don't yeah. have to sing up uh yeah the whole first record is full of like way too much weird sounding like blown out overdubbing because i loved the microphones heavy heavy microphones <laughs> but he had an actual recording studio and i had a laptop <laughs> right it really does help if you have like nice gear <laughs> yeah i mean one thing i did a lot on these recordings which i'm sparing everyone is like extreme actually the next song has some i think just like really blown out digital distortion because that uh, was all i had access to where i would just yeah. overload the mic right but it sounds <laughs> interesting <laughs> <laughs> this is the last song what's it called called goodbye 2006 oh and i feel old yeah that's okay if anyone wants to delve further into this terrible music there's a lot more of it on the internet (laughs) great do you want to tell people where to find it or do you want them to seek it out i mean if you just go to if you just google boy without god the Bandcamp page will come up great you can immerse yourself in these beautiful (laughs) digital sounds Okay, this song is a little long. Apologies. vocal mode from this era which is the off-brand elliot smith that's what i was gonna say oh uh, yeah there's a <laughs> bunch of these this is the first the only one i played but yeah, i still love elliot smith but i don't yeah. sound as bad when i imitate him anymore <laughs> <laughs> right you've just perfected your imitation exactly well i think it's something when you're starting out that you do where you sorry distracted um where you think that to imitate or to like copy what you like about someone's style, you have to try to sound identical to them right. and like make their vocal timbre, make your voice sound like theirs. Mm-hmm. But you can sing in like a soft, 
pleasant, sort of whispery, sad way without literally trying to shape your mouth so that you sound like Kelly. Right, exactly. There's that banjo. Yes, 2006, baby. Or 2007, I guess. for this EP for some reason is a photograph of some like sauce at a Chinese restaurant on a table with the that has spilled. I don't I don't know why. You know, it's just like a metaphor, man. It's just like it's just like life, man. <laughs> interesting vocal ad lib I've done in two years of recording at this point. Because I always went to music for self-pity, I thought that that would be what music did for everyone. Right. And people would want to hear about my self-pity. thing where I would write something really sad and then I would be like no it's too sad I have to redeem it and then I would make a section like this where I'm singing about like oh it's, everything's okay yeah there's one more section after this I'm really sorry no this is great you know I love a song that's really a journey you know yeah it really tells a story with a beginning middle and end well let me tell you, you should enjoy your time on the floor without God band camp. <laughs> never like to sit in one place. Into the river. That vocal harmony is not the same chord Whoa. that the band is playing. The time feel that's about to happen is very mid-2000s. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Someone likes Nitro Milk Hotel. Yep. <laughs> I'm like way out of my range again. What happened to this time field? Does anyone do this anymore? It's just gone. You know, I don't know. I haven't heard a song that sounds like with that strumming pattern. And no. God knows how long. Yeah. It just went out. Everybody used it up. <laughs> it's all done. All the bands did all of it. Trying so hard to hit that note, but it's just not there. It's a good effort. I'm trying hard. Sometimes when I hear this stuff, I think about. I'm pretty sure I recorded this in my parents' house. Like I moved back home because I hated college. I was still in yeah. school. And I was just, just, just like, screaming off key in the upstairs bedroom, <laughs> just wondering what they were thinking. Maybe I only did this when they weren't home. Yeah. Yeah, see, so yeah, I can still play the saxophone. Yeah. It's almost over. I promise. <laughs> That was amazing. Was it? <laughs> it was something. It happened. It did. That's for sure. It happened. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Really desperate to create some kind of cathartic experience. Right. I mean, you have to have somewhere to put it. Yeah. It's fine. I think that... Yeah. I feel mostly sort of just sad for myself when I listen to this music. Yeah because i was really lonely and this is what i did <laughs> with my time yeah which is not the worst thing to do no i mean there are way less constructive things you could have done as a lonely person yeah and so many of these songs are just about hating college and hating all the people i was around and just being really isolated so in a way i almost feel bad making fun of this version of myself because this is like all he had yeah there's just like such a painful sincerity to it not that my music is not sincere now but I had no idea how to approach an idea without just like driving a truck into it at full speed. Right. I think that there's like a certain sort of like empathy you can have toward like maybe a a sadder or younger version of yourself where you're like, oh, you know, like I wish I could tell this version of myself like things get better than this or it's, you know, it doesn't always have to be the way it is right now. But like for me, like, you know, and thinking back to my younger years, when I did feel more lonely, yeah, uh, it was like, I feel like when, when you're in college too, like time lasts longer, you know? So it just sort of felt like this is it. This is like the only way it will ever be. Yeah. It did feel endless. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I didn't know. I kept like move back home, move back to school. I was like just trying, I don't know, whatever I could think of. And it was, it was definitely not helping. <laughs> yeah. It did feel, it did feel very long. And then, yeah, at some point I, I actually, I got to ask to go on tour with this band called the 1AM Radio, mm-hmm. which is actually this guy, Rishikesh, who hosts Song Exploder. Oh, yeah. So I toured in his band for like four or five weeks oh, really? around the US playing saxophone and singing harmonies. And I think I played Glockenspiel or something. You know, It was <laughs> right. the 2000s. Right. <laughs> uh, 
yeah and it was a it was great and i was like oh this is what i want to do and then yeah then a lot of other stuff happened also right (laughs) how far i don't know where to stop this uh but it was like yeah being in college was terrible and then i did that and i was like this feels way better than being in college yeah and then i booked another i did like a house show tour for like a month with my friend alex morris who's a poet now and a teacher at a montessori school uh yeah and then i joined bands and i got kicked out of a band that was very dramatic oh yeah yeah that sucked that's it happens yeah i guess it happens to the best of us yeah i got kicked out over the phone by a person who then over the phone yeah how long were you in the band not that long okay they had in in hindsight definitely should have seen it coming they had invited and then kicked out half of like the boston music scene at this point yeah. and i was just the next person up right but i still took it insanely personally and the, it's hard not to the worst part was that the guy who kicked me out of the band was not one of the main two people he was the other person he later got kicked out as well <laughs> but the worst part is that he kicked me out and then he became and then i moved to new york pretty soon after that and i was like couldn't get a job because it was a recession sleeping on a mattress on the floor all the classic stuff right very sad hard very hard time for me uh and then he got super famous in with his own project like right around that time so i was like living this very crappy life and every time i would look on the internet i would just see this dude's face everywhere yeah. and you're like god damn it it was so brutal <laughs> yeah and i'm not gonna mention who it is because he it's he didn't do anything wrong it's not right. his fault it just it was a very unfortunate timing and circumstance yeah. situation for me yeah yeah wow i don't even know why i'm talking about that that's okay (laughs) (laughs) we got here somehow yeah how do you think if if at all how do you think your songwriting process has changed over the years uh it's changed a ton these songs were all written basically simultaneous with recording which is funny Mm. because that's how people do things now i think a lot more yeah and i have gone in the opposite direction and i write and edit substantially before I put anything down to record. Mm -hmm. I mean, these songs are all uh, very clearly autobiographical. They have a lot of very abstract poetry in them. Poetry is maybe a generous word, but you know, they have (laughs) a lot of like, you know, a lot of abstractions that maybe were meaningful to me, but listening to them now, I, I don't really know what I was talking about half the time. Right. Um, And, uh, with Wildermaker specifically, I've been very into trying to write in a way where the lyrics are really tethered to like physical objects in the world and like physical spaces and very few like judgments or pronouncements from the first person, but a lot more just like trying to make a story mm-hmm. and a, a meaningful space by just describing things more. Uh, that has felt really good for me and just more interesting. Like I think in this, in these early songs, I always knew what I I was like, I feel sad because of whatever this girl doesn't want to sleep with me or whatever this or that. And then I would write a song that was sad, that was addressed to that person or about that situation. And I am much more interested in writing things now where I don't know what is going to happen. And I don't know what the, what the meaning will be. And then, yeah. then when I find the meaning, it's so much more interesting and exciting and cool. And it's not what I would have thought. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
I feel like sometimes some of the songs that that I write too are they almost feel like a, a tarot card or something. I mm. sort of like just sort of write them quickly and see what happens like word wise, and I'm like, wow, yeah. I wrote this. I don't know what it means. And then later I'm like, oh, it probably means this. Yeah, and it's like totally. a fun like exploration into your like inner self and like the workings uh, of your mind. It's sort of like what's that thing called automatic writing? Yeah, um, totally. That's how I think about it sometimes. Yeah, I've had that experience too. Where I've written something and felt it, but not known what it meant for. Mm-hmm you know maybe two years yeah and then one day there's actually a song on one of my uh i already made another solo record even i don't know when it's going to come out mm-hmm. but i got impatient um and there's a song on there and i was playing it with will grafe who's plays with that project and we were i think just rehearsing or maybe playing it at a show and i suddenly was like oh i know what this song's about <laughs> but i i had had no idea up to that point i just did yeah. it quickly just in a notebook and then i yeah but it felt right for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, part of the magic of it, I guess. Yeah, totally. I also have I've gotten... Uh, I still write some sad songs, but I got incredibly disinterested in sad songs and exploring sadness as an emotion or exploring my own sadness just became very boring to me. And I've avoided it pretty substantially. And I also try to avoid writing romantic songs at this point. I find that they're... <laughs> couple of things like I, I think it's hard to say new things in that space for someone who's already written a bunch of stuff about it yeah i think it's like a lazy shorthand for meaning for a lot of people so that's why it gets fixated on so much right and i also have like a beautiful relationship that is very serious and important to me and i don't really want to like chop it up and mine it for songs right it feels sort for of sure. disrespectful to my partner um so yeah and that's what basically every single song on these is about that (laughs) there's one really funny song that's like me being really mad about everyone binge drinking around me all the time which is hilarious (laughs) actually i i thought about playing that one too but it's not that it's not that bad it's actually genuinely kind of funny that's great yeah so what are things that you're listening to lately that have been inspirational to you music you're really liking yeah my favorite record from the last couple of years is by the band State Champion. Do you know them? Mm-mm. They're partly based in Chicago. Okay. This right, they put out this record, Send Flowers, and it's just like the best lyrics. This this dude is just such a good lyricist. I'm totally, yeah, blown away by it every I'll time have I to listen check to it. it. Out. It's really good. It's like the music is cool. It's like very loose feeling country rock. Not so dissimilar to Tobacco City in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. which is a band that we discussed because we both love it mm-hmm. earlier before this podcast started. Check out Tobacco City. Very They're good. Very good. <laughs> uh, but a little more sprawling. The songs are longer and they go in a little bit weirder directions sometimes. Um, so I've been really into that record. It's the kind of, I think I love it so much because it's the kind of lyric writing that I don't really, I'm not really able to do. It's like full of funny non sequiturs and like insanely clever, just like quick lines. Oh, that's great. It's so good. Uh, it's like, you know, David Bermany. It, it reminds me of David Berman a lot, who's one of my favorite songwriters ever. Yeah. Um, I also really like the Aldous Harding record that came out yes. uh, this year. I saw her a couple times recently uh, when I was in Europe, and she awesome. was great live. And yeah, her band is super tight. And I don't know, those songs are really cool. I love that they're so cryptic. But, you know, when you look at what the lyrics are, it's like... It's, impenetrable basically but there's still so much feeling in them yeah which is really cool uh the kate lebon record that came out this year i was also just thinking about that amazing. so good yeah 
Those she are, has a great live performance. Ah, too. she's so good. I missed her. She played the same. I play in this band called Debo Band that plays Ethiopian music. I play mm-hmm. saxophone. So I was playing a festival there and Kate was, Kate LeBond was playing, but she was playing the day after I left. Oh, bummer. Which sucks. Yeah. Because uh, I saw her in New York this year and it was one of my favorite shows of the year. Uh, her band is amazing. So good. And just like constant instrument switching so much like layering but it never feels like overdone yeah i don't know that's that record reward is just so good yeah i've listened to it a lot this year yeah me too (laughs) uh and she's such a cool artist i don't know i always admire people so much who just are clearly just doing their own thing and following their path and uh that's very clearly what she is if you listen to her music it's just like yeah she's just her own person <laughs> yeah did you see her chair that she made no part of the I, I read some stuff about how she was like doing woodworking while she was making this record that was like part of her what? yeah i don't know she's so cool <laughs> and she made this crazy bauhaus inspired chair that's like her chair that goes along with the record and it's sick that's <laughs> i'm also really so into cool. furniture that's so cool it's so cool you should look it up it's I will. awesome yeah, so th- those are a bunch of things that have been inspiring me recently. Also, the new Ar- the Arthur Russell record of like un- unfinished home recordings that just came out is incredibly beautiful. Iowa Dream. I don't cool. know if you've listened to that. It's awesome. I have not. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I hope it wasn't too painful to no, listen to your old stuff. That's good. I feel good. <laughs> Great. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. <laughs>